This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. This is Less Than Live with Cater Die, a bi-weekly podcast about comics from all angles. I'm going to talk to you about what I'm reading and doing in the industry, as well as interviewing some of my friends and favorite creators. So come along with me on this journey into geek culture. Ho, ho, ho. Happy holidays to you and yours. On today's show, I've returned to the frigid lands of Canada just in time for the holidays. I talk about all the new comics we were blessed with last week and list a butt-ton of comic gift suggestions for the season, then chat with editor-in-chief of The Mary Sue, Jill Pantosi. Welcome back, everybody. We're here for what is probably going to be our, our last show of 2014. Um, no one knows yet because we can't see the future, uh, although we just keep trying. Um, I'm here. I'm back in the frozen north. Uh, I'm in Canada again, back from the the warm embrace of Los Angeles. And uh, not to fear, I'm going back in like three weeks. I can't stay away. Um, I'm home for a little bit uh, to catch up on the enormous mountain of work that uh, has piled up while I was frolicking at Disneyland. And uh, that's that's been great because not only am I at home working from my office, but they are tearing out the bathroom next to my office. So uh, that's that's just been a lovely time. (laughs) I haven't had a ton of stuff uh, come out um, while I've been back, but the the latest things of mine out in the world are, uh, again, Edward Scissorhands number two, uh, Bravest Warriors number 27, and Fraggle Rock number three. So if uh, any of those weren't mentioned last time, they're out and you can buy them. Uh, Fraggle Rock only has one issue to go. And then we have, uh, Jake and I are working on uh, all the stuff for the hardcover, which is going to be coming out in the spring. And uh, I'm definitely going to have that for Emerald City Comic Con and that'll be really, really awesome. It's It's been cool. It's the first time that I've been able to really work on like the back matter for a book and kind of doing that whole like, I'm a writer, here's how <laughs> bit, which is crazy to me because uh, I feel like I stumbled into all of this, but it's really, it's really neat. Um, one thing that did come out since my return and since our last episode is uh, Jeremy, a uh, boyfriend extraordinaire who was the guest host of our last episode, and I were uh, on Bizarre States from uh, The Nerdist. So we talked to Andrew Bowser and Jessica Chobot um, about ghost stories and uh, our experiences with the supernatural. So you can find that on uh, The Nerdist's page um, under Bizarre States. Uh, so if you can't get enough of listening to my dulcet tones here on uh, my own podcast, you can listen to me alongside several other people talking about spookums. So uh, that's real neat. And I'm hoping that we're going to do some more stuff with them. Uh, Jeremy and I are cooking up some ghost stories. <laughs> so that should be really fun. Um, it's uh, the the world of work is is doing that thing where it ramps up real fast before the holidays and then everything dies for like a month. So I'm really looking forward to that uh, and to heading back to L.A. in early January. So no events or anything lined up yet, but uh, I'm sure next episode I'll have, I'll have something to catch you up on. There is a lot in this week's uh, comics I'm recommending. I basically go through every single thing that I read this year and tell you who to buy it for. So let's get started. What is So, after a couple of weeks where it felt like not a lot of new single issues were coming out, last week seemed to have pretty much everything. Um, 
December 10th is what I'm talking about, and it saw the debut of a comic I have been looking forward to for months and months and months, although it feels like years, uh, Bitch Planet, <laughs> which is a name I'm so excited to get to say um, and have an excuse to with customers in the store and on the internet and uh, basically everywhere. Uh, Bitch Planet is the brainchild of Kelly Sue DeConnick, and it is illustri- illustrated by Valentine Delandro. Um, and I have... I've been hearing about this comic for a very long time. Uh, Kelly Sue is involved with the Valkyries, the group that I run for women who work in comic stores. And she's been talking with us about it for a long time. And Kelly Sue is a guest at these Valkyrie breakfasts that we do at conventions uh, pretty frequently. She she tries to come whenever she can, which is amazing because she's such a hero for so many of us. And <laughs> Not to get gooey. But um, so she's been talking about this series for a long time. And uh, what it basically is is a story about... Uh, dystopian future that where women who are deemed non-compliant uh, are sent to uh, a, an auxiliary prison planet. So basically every woman who is seen as not fitting a, a desirable standard, where whether she be a person of color, whether she's overweight or gay or defiant in, in any way and just basically doesn't conform to the rigid, stan- rigid standards of what the patriarchy would like to see women to be, they're shipped off. Uh, and so they're in this horrible situation and there's a lot of violence and fighting and uh, there's a lot that we don't know that's just kind of what's set up from the first issue but it's basically a giant feminist middle finger and i mean the cover even has a giant middle finger on it so i'm (laughs) it's not an exaggeration i i love this comic i love that the comments and the negative reviews of this comic completely justify the existence of it um it is so awesome (laughs) and so aggressive and uh just really really great and kelly sue is has you know more guts than uh, a lot of us ever do to make something like this and i know it took her a long time to get it out but goddamn it's uh it's a real piece of work so check that out um the first issue is just out and who knows when the second one will be because uh, you never know with Image. <laughs> it's a fun game of surprises. Um, so that came out. And uh, Southern Bastards number six came out. Um, we're just kind of getting into the second arc of that series, which is about the dirty South and football and, you know, it's mob bosses of a kind. And uh, it's a pretty crazy series. There's a huge shift right at the end of the first arc that um, I don't want to spoil for you. But reading it, you're just like, oh, Okay, I well, where is this? Where is it going now? Um, which I love, and it's always fun to be surprised by what you're reading. So um, definitely, like if you were a kind of person who was into, I don't want to say true detective because it's even like filthier than that. It's even more like rural <laughs> American South, but uh, it's really great. Um, uh, yeah, like a, a real. Like an HBO Friday Night Lights, kind of. So definitely look into that. And uh, Sex Criminals came out, too. So it was a great week for going to the comic book store to say, hey, can I get Bitch Planet and Southern Bastards and Sex Criminals? And for me, also Teen Dog. So um, all of those things came out. The newest Sex Criminals is fantastic. It's got a a whole riff on The Wicked and the Divine and Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey, who are good friends. And it was it's <laughs> I don't want to spoil too much, but I never thought I would get to see a panel in a comic of Jamie McKelvey spray cleaning uh, a strap on. So if, if you are into that, um, check it out. That comic continues to be the best. Um, 
outside of all the comics that have swear words for titles, uh, Afterlife with Archie number seven was out after a long wait. Uh, it seems to be a long wait in between these issues, but it started the new story arc, uh, Betty R.I.P., so I guess we can guess how that's going to end. Um, I'm completely in love with Afterlife with Archie. I've talked about it before, and I also really love the sister series, uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, although I have no idea when the next issue is coming out because I started doing some extended research on that tonight, and no one could give me a set release date. Um, hopefully soon because it's really great but these series that are these kind of supernatural really mature takes on the archie universe could not be more up my alley i'm a really big fan and was so thrilled to see just this week announced that archie is starting over and i'm not sure if this is going to be digest size or it's probably going to be the, the the regular comic size single issues but it's relaunching being written by mark wade and drawn by fiona staples uh, mark wade writes a ton of comics but most recently and biggest i guess he's known for daredevil and fiona staples is the artist on saga and she's a canadian lady so uh that rules um she's done a bunch of really great covers for archie comics so when i saw the solicitation for the image i was just like oh cool fiona staples is doing another archie cover didn't realize she was taking over as the artist um archie is doing some of the coolest freshest most innovative stuff in comics right now and keeps you know being interesting and being something that i want to check out so when that relaunches which i think is going to be early spring uh don't quote me on that for sure but you can find a lot about it online there's an article in like rolling stone or something (laughs) about it but um i guess they're just going to be modernizing the universe which uh you know they've been doing in various different ways in different series like life with archie and afterlife with archie and the kevin series to a certain extent But uh, I I can't wait to see where it's going to go. And Archie Comics, I'm here when you want me to write Josie and the Pussycats as a riot girl uh, band with a lot of gay undertones. I'm I'm waiting. I'll I'll take your calls. (laughs) Um, The Adventure Time number 34 was out, and that uh, is almost the conclusion of Ryan North's run on this series. Um, Adventure Time is, uh, you know, the big sister series to Bravest Warriors. So uh, it's been really fun you know, kind of working and having Ryan's comics come out at the same time as mine because I've been a big fan of Ryan North for many years. He is uh, a wonderful person and his run has been great. Um, It's ending with number 35 and he's being replaced by the team of Chris Hastings, who's the writer for Dr. McNinja and also a handsome gentleman, and Zachary Sterling, who illustrated both of my Adventure Time graphic novels. So that rules. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see where that's going to go. Ryan's moving on to do the unbeatable squirrel girl for marvel which looks amazing it's going to be illustrated by erica henderson who i've liked for years and is a just a wonderful person and does the most amazing like friend fan art she just does fan art of of people that she knows and uh it's it's really amazing um uh, on top of been recently she's been posting a whole bunch of um different wonder woman costumes throughout the years that she's she's been looking through this encyclopedia of you know a history of wonder woman's costumes and been posting them online so that's erica henderson and uh i think she's usually under erica fails on the internet and uh so that that's what i've been picking up if you're not sure what to buy here's some comics you should try I put together, and I'm going to try and get through this quickly because uh, there are so many titles to get through. I, I went through and I started looking for my favorite books that came out this year, and it became a list so extensive that I had to start cutting it down and then thought, well, even though I'm not really in the comic book store this year, it's almost Christmas, and 
uh, people might want some recommendations because uh, it's, I mean, it's the most common thing this time of year working in uh, in a comic shop in retail is, I have a kid, what do I buy them? Or <laughs> my girlfriend reads comics, I don't know what to get her. So I separated this into a couple of sections. Uh, they're non-gender specific because screw that noise, but um, I'm going to start with kids comics. Uh, a lot of really, really awesome stuff came out this year, and uh, I'm going to start it off with Lumberjanes, even though the trade paperback collection is not out yet. And it's kind of the only thing I'm going to mention that's not in trade paperback because I find single issues are kind of a hard sell in terms of presence. So almost all of these things are either in a graphic novel or collected into a trade paperback from single issues. So you can buy a volume of it, uh, which is a much better gift, I think, a lot of the time than, you know single issue comics. I don't like saying floppies. I don't. It's mm, anyway. Lumberjanes, uh, you can (laughs) you can find the issues that are out now and there are several. And it is kind of crazy that it's not coming out in a collected edition until April. But uh, getting a bundle of those is really, really awesome. Five best friends at summer camp fighting monsters. You know, I know that it's the best. And uh, I mean, obviously, it's especially awesome for girls, but it's just a great adventure story. So check that out. Um, For younger kids or anybody interested in kind of space and adventure stories, there were two uh, really great series of books, really, but uh, Zeta the Space Girl by Ben Hackey and Cleopatra in Space uh, by Mike Mayhack. And those are both um, just really awesome. Definitely like around, I would say like, yeah, the the younger end of a lumberjanes age. But um, if your kid is interested in uh, another one of my recommendations, Smile uh, or Sisters, the Raina Telgemeier books, it's kind of in the same uh, vein, the same range. So those are both really awesome uh, stories about girls in space. One of them happens to be Cleopatra. <laughs> so those are really good. Um, uh, again, Raina Telgemeier's books are all really awesome. Sisters came out this year, which was the sequel to her absolute smash bestseller, Smile, uh, which uh, she, <laughs> I love the fact that her and The Walking Dead are constantly topping the best graphic novel sales. It's amazing. It's <laughs> just like the darkest uh, anyway, it's just great. Um, so her books are always wonderful. Um, and if you've ripped through those, uh, definitely try Faith Erin Hicks's books. Um, she has quite a few. She's also from Halifax, so that's awesome. But um, she's got a, a collection called Superhero Girl, which is about, you know, a girl in college who has superhero powers but really has to deal with the day-to-day life stuff. And she's got a lot of other series that both she's written and drawn and has illustrated for other people. Um She's got books, uh, Nothing Can Possibly Go Wrong. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I wish I could remember them all. Bigfoot Boy, which she illustrated for another writer. Um, Friends with Boys, which she wrote and illustrated, which is a really awesome uh, story about homeschooling and ghosts. So those are really good. If you are interested in kind of the spooky end of things, or your kid is, I would say, or a, a friend's kid, um, and you like Friends with Boys, uh, Anya's Ghost by Vera Brosgol is also really amazing. Vera uh, worked on the Coraline movies and works at, at Like Animation, and she is just fantastic. Um, kind of towards the other end of things, um, the Samurai Jack comics from IDW that are uh, written by Jim Zub and illustrated by Andy Soriano are really, really great, uh, top-notch, and uh, whether you were a fan of the series and think your kid would be into it or, you know, the kid in your life loved the series or knows nothing about it. It's just a really awesome, just a really awesome series, fun action stuff. And they do a lot of really cool things with it, um, silent issues and, and, you know, just a lot of like having fun with the medium. So that is really cool. Uh, the Teen Titans Go comics are really awesome and a ton of fun, um, super lively. And uh, the show is animated in Halifax or at least parts of it. So 
I'm gonna give that, gonna give that a shout out. <laughs> um, there were two graphic novels this year: uh, Battling Boy by Paul Pope, and then the follow-up, The Rise of Aurora West. And Battling Boy um, was written in and inked, well, illustrated by Paul Pope. And, uh, you know, it's about a kid who kind of comes from this godlike world down to a, a very dystopian place to fight the monsters. And he's got these different T-shirts that kind of give him different powers. And uh, he's replacing this character that is supposed to be kind of the protector and the guardian of the city that he lands in, who is who is killed fairly unceremoniously uh, by some bad guys. And The Rise of Aurora West is about uh, that, that got the protector who's killed. It's about um, his daughter. And it is beautifully illustrated uh, by David Rubin. Um, and so th- they're just really, really awesome books, and they go great as a set. Last thing that I want to recommend for for the youngsters uh, is Primates by Maris Wicks, which is a story about um, – I-, I talked about it on the podcast before, but it's a bunch of different uh, researchers about – Researchers who worked with uh, apes and uh, chimps, um, including like Diane Fossey and Jane Goodall. And uh, that's just a really awesome, you know, if you want to learn and read a really great story. for for the teens, for the in in betweens, uh, not not quite ready for uh, swears and decapitation, but uh, looking for a little bit more meat from their stories. I really love. I'm gonna rip through these pretty fast, but you can look them up, and I'll put the list uh, on. Um, on the Tumblr later on less than uh, livecast.tumblr.com. But Young Avengers uh, by Jamie McKelvey and Kieran Gillen is great uh, and pretty easy. Well, sort of easy. Pretty easy to get into, even if you don't really know the backstory of Young Avengers. Um, But it's awesome, super gay, and great. So if that is relevant to the person you are gifting to, awesome. It it couldn't be better. (laughs) Uh, The Miss Marvel series from uh, Willow Wilson and Adrian Alfona is fantastic. Um, Rocket Girl by Brandon Montclair and Amy Reader is a really awesome comic about a girl who is sent back from the future where all uh, everyone's really young, like all the police detectives and uh, superheroes and every well, not really superheroes, but uh, crime fighters are all like 15 and 16. So she's sent back to the 80s to kind of stop something from happening. And it's beautifully, beautifully drawn by uh, Amy Reader and a ton of fun. And there's a, a trade paperback of, of the first arc of that out now. Um, there's... I recommend it so much, even though it's one issue, but part of the Edge of Spider-Verse, which is this crazy thing that's going on in Spider-Man that I can't even begin to attempt to understand, uh, it's the Gwen Stacy issue, where Gwen Stacy is um, Spider-Woman, uh, Spider-Girl, sorry, and <laughs> she, uh, it's it's just, it's such a good single issue that, I, I, I mean, if you're throwing it in with other presents, it's just awesome. Uh, it's so fun to see Gwen Stacy as a spider character uh, in one of the best costumes I've seen, uh, designed by Robbie Rodriguez, who illustrates the issue. Uh, it's written by Jason Latour, who is just fantastic. So um, it's, it's going to be an ongoing series. So it's a great primer to kind of get somebody interested in what uh, I think is hopefully going to be an amazing series with an amazing female protagonist. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, Gotham Academy by uh, Becky Cleanan, Carl Kershaw, and Brendan Fletcher is, again, only a couple of single issues. I said I wasn't going to recommend them, but they're so good. Um, so those are really, really cool. And, yeah, again, if uh, the person you're gifting for was a fan of things like, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I want to say Vampire Academy, but uh, spooky things taking place in boarding schools. Um, 
that one's really, really great. And it kind of ties into the, well, it definitely ties into the Batman universe. So that's awesome. Um, and then uh, the last one in that section is In Real Life, which I talked about recently by Cory Doctorow and Jen Wang, which is just a really awesome look at uh, online gaming and, uh, and economic and social issues. So that one's really cool and like beautifully, beautifully illustrated. So if someone in, in that you know that you're trying to buy a gift for is a player of you know, World of Warcraft, <laughs> things like that, um, Dragon Age. Uh, it's a it's a really cool book to check out. Um, and yeah, the, the character designs are really awesome. An older teen, but someone who's not ready to read a comic like Sex Criminals that maybe has a throne made of dildos. Um, you're on the precipice, but you can handle some, some stuff. <laughs> I definitely recommend uh, the She-Hulk uh, collection. I'm so sad that that series has been canceled, but I have hope that it will somehow revive in a new and even more magnificent form, like Rising Like the Phoenix. Um, Charles Sewell and Javier Polito's run on that is is really wonderful. And yeah, there is a first book that you can get. Um, Jennifer Walters as She-Hulk is a awesome lawyer slash crime fighter, and her interactions with Hellcat in it are a ton of fun. Um, Seconds came out this year from Brian Lee O'Malley, which was sort of the follow-up to Scott Pilgrim. It's not related to Scott Pilgrim in any way, but uh, it uh, came out after it. (laughs) What an awful recommendation. No, Seconds is really great, and it is about a girl who uh, is running a restaurant and wants to open a new one and ends up accidentally waking up a mischievous and potentially vengeful sprite in her house that she ends up using to her own uh, advantage in in a probably not smart way. Uh, It's really, really gorgeous. Nathan Fairbairn's art or colors in it um, are just fantastic. So it's uh, it's visually stunning. Um, The Wicked and the Divine, which I talk about a lot. You've heard it. Uh, There's a first book of that out now. Uh, The the Faust arc. (laughs) I hate it. Kieran and his puns um but there's a book of that now so you should definitely check it out and uh the storyteller witches series um is really cool um those stand alone as single issues they're really nicely published by archaea and each one is illustrated by somebody different but each one is a self-contained illustrated fairy tale so that is really cool and afterlife with archie and sabrina because afterlife with archie at least is in a book last section is for the people who don't mind seeing some uh blood and and titties um it's the mature section and uh this has so many titles uh saga witches um things with witches in them like (laughs) like sabrina but um pretty deadly uh you know saga and pretty deadly there's tons of books uh that you can well saga's got got four out uh, as of this week but um pretty deadly's got the one collection which is really great uh deadly class these are all image titles um all the mature books that i love almost all of them are from image so most of these you can get the first volume for ten dollars which is awesome deadly class is about a school for assassins velvet is about uh a 40 year old super spy who is framed for the murder of a james bond type character and she is amazing uh the fade out which is the newest brubaker series is an awesome Hollywood noir story. Uh, Rat Queens, the first collection you can get. It's been out for a while, but um, that series has been going through some some tumultuous times, but they've just announced a new artist uh, whose name, I'm so sorry, is it Stepan Sedgik? I'm I'm sure that he's getting a ton of that right now, but um, he's going to be taking over art on the series, and I'm very excited because uh, everything he's been posting looks amazing. So you can check that out and get uh, the first little bit before the series really kicks off again with a guest issue from Tess Fowler, who's wonderful. So check that out. Uh, The Wake, Scott Snyder and Sean Murphy's underwater 
tale of two eras and beasts from beneath uh, is really great. And Declan Shalvey, uh, Warren Ellis, and uh, Jordi Blair's Moon Knight, uh, which Jeremy and I talked about last issue. That's so many comics. I'm so sorry, but uh, it's the thing that I'm asked most often this time of year is, what do I get for somebody? Or what do I get for myself when I got this gift certificate? So listen back over and, and like slow it down and maybe... <laughs> Maybe something will reach out to you. But uh, look up any of those names. So many things you can find previews for online. And uh, uh, hopefully you find something that you or the person that you love or like or like but secretly love and you haven't told them yet. Um, get them comic books because nothing's romantic like comics. Are you ready for this? you haven't heard, Less Than Life has launched a Patreon. If you want to know what that is, good news, I'm going to tell you. A Patreon is a monthly subscription service or uh, kind of a crowdfunding platform where if you like this show, you can support it financially with money, uh, which is really great because this show is... It costs a little bit of money to make. Uh, it's, you know, it, we do it in a real recording studio and the guys here make those amazing songs. And everything that I'm saying right now, you can watch me say better and with video on uh, the actual Patreon page. It is patreon.com slash less than live. And there you can find out what it's all about. So pretty much you can choose an amount of money, if you're interested, uh, to pledge to us monthly. And for those specific amounts of money at different levels and different amounts, you will get different rewards. Um, you can get a voicemail message from me. You can subscribe to get a biannual package of goodies and swag. Uh, you can have advanced access to what guests we're going to have on the show, uh, to ask questions. And these things are going to change and develop as we go along and we're going to invent new things. And I just really want to make it kind of a cool interactive behind the scenes experience and, uh, to show, you know, people who, who do subscribe and who do support the show a little bit extra and, uh, and, you know, get you all involved. So you can check that out again at patreon.com. That's patron with an E in it, uh, slash less than live and, uh, donate a little bit of money. If, if you want, that'd be cool. Kate's gonna interview you. Kate's gonna interview you now. She's gonna ask questions. Kate's gonna interview you. Kate's gonna interview you now. This is the interview section. So this week I am talking to one of my favorite uh, nerdy ladies in comics. Uh, she has been formerly and sometimes is known as the Nerdy Bird on the internet. She's the editor-in-chief of the Mary Sue, uh, a comics news website that I really, really enjoy. Or geek culture news. It's it's all-encompassing. Uh, Jill Pantosi. Hey, Jill. Hey, how are you? I'm glad to be here. I'm, I'm, I've realized that I've never said your last name out loud, and I'm hoping that I did it right. You did. You <laughs> did, yeah. I people... mean, I've said it out loud to other people, but... <laughs> right, but you didn't say it in front of me, so this was a real uh, pressure point here. It is. You never know with people. Um, so how, how are you doing? How are things these days over at the Mary Sue? Oh, they're... They're good. They're they're uh, busy, very, mm -hmm. very busy, um, more so than I've ever been in my career. Um, but that's good. Um, the site merged uh, earlier this year with our fellow Abrams geek site, Geekosystem, and so we have a larger staff, and we're doing more stuff like um, 
science, space, technology uh, stories as well, which we did before, but are trying to do more of now, and especially women in STEM and all that. Um, and yeah, so it's been it's been a really really busy year, but I'm excited because we're growing so much and more people are learning about us, which is great. Um, and yeah, it's a fun time. That's really awesome. I didn't know you guys were merging as much. Well, I've seen some, but yeah, merging more into STEM stuff and, and women. That's really cool. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting because it's um, there's not a lot out there, obviously, compared to entertainment news, you know. Um, so we're really starting to like try, like none of us are scientists, obviously. So <laughs> when we're, you know, doing these stories, we do, you know, the best we can, but we feel it's more interesting to sort of you know, see who's out there. He's see who's actually working. You know, in these fields, and see if we can reach out and you know make more people aware of them. Um, because of course, there's always always the um, push to get more girls and women into STEM fields. And so, um, you know, if we can make them known that you know, yeah, they are there already. You know, don't don't think they're not. Uh, <laughs> then more people will be inclined to consider that. You know, for their careers as well. Yeah, it was one of those things that I you know, for all of the time that I spend on the internet, you end up in these kind of insular loops, right? Where you, you don't really expand outside of the several sites that you normally check. And mm-hmm. uh, I found someone who was doing, and I can't even remember the context of it now because I was all about it when I saw it, but uh, a woman who was doing um, like STEM-centric uh, video blogging and, and she was in the industry herself. And I remember thinking like, oh yeah, this must exist. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to, of course, it's out there. Um, but I was so surprised and, and like refreshed by that. So it's really not a thing that, that ekes its way into my circles of comics and geek news that often, even though it is obviously, you know, pretty geeky. Right, right. So that's really awesome. And it's cool that you guys are, are moving into that. Yeah, because I've seen you've been hiring a bunch of people and, and stuff's shifting and changing over there. Which yeah, is really we've got a cool. ton, ton of contributors now, which is great. Um, and we are definitely looking for more of those if people are out there interested in writing about um, you know, science and tech and space and all that fun stuff. We definitely would love to hear pitches. So, um, you can, there's a link on the bottom of the website for anyone. If you're looking for that, um, that specifically says contributors. So if you want more info, just head on to the marysue.com. That's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's really awesome. Um, so, uh, one thing I feel like we should talk about first is, um, the she makes comics documentary came out like just this week. It did, yeah. I haven't watched it yet. Have you? I have not, no. I've seen just like a couple of clips. We posted mm-hmm. one exclusive clip, and I've seen them on other sites, um, but I haven't had the time to sit down and watch the whole thing. Um, these these documentaries are so crazy and cool to me because, I mean, so much work goes into them, and these people who make them spend months and months finding all these people to talk to, you know? Like, yeah. I can't even remember when it was. I want to say it was like the very beginning of the year when I actually did my interviews with them, and so I've been sitting here just anxiously you know, <laughs> waiting for it to come out so I can see what the finished product is like. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super, super excited about that because, again, like STEM fields, you know, the people who are outside the geek sphere don't, you know, necessarily think that women are involved in the comic book medium. So it's really great to see such a, a diverse group of, of women um, speaking about their careers and, and how they've been involved, you know, obviously not just recently, but in, in the past from the very start of comics. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, I uh, I spoke to them at, at Emerald City Comic Con. So it's the same thing where it was like a while ago. And I kind of, 
not forgot about it, but the kind of thing where it's like, oh, so many things have happened since then. And then now that it exists, I'm sort of like, oh, I don't know. I'm scared. I'm scared to watch myself again, but I'm really excited <laughs> to see it. Yeah. Because um, it's just like I'm going back to see the kind of people that they talk to. And it's like every everybody. <laughs> it just seems like so many people that they, they, they spoke to in this and this whole documentary about just like women making comics. Yeah. It's crazy that that can exist. Um, so I don't, I just, I thought it would be, I'd be really neat to bring that up and talk about it. Um, just cause yeah, it's great. I mean, I watched a bit of stripped, which is the other documentary this year that was uh, about comics. And and that was, I mean, it's super crazy to watch because it's so many people that I know Yeah, and seeing your (laughs) friends in a documentary. (laughs) And that's a whole new experience, but, um, that was really cool. Um, but you were in another one too, uh, legends of the night. What's tell me, tell me about that. Yeah, that one was was really, really cool to be involved with. Um, also, something that I did ages ago, it feels like now, um, was even living in another apartment back then. Um, but this guy, Brett Culp, um, mm-hmm. wanted to put together this documentary about Batman, but not, you know, how everyone else approaches Batman as just like, oh, he's the coolest character around, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he really wanted to delve into why people have attach themselves to this character, you know, for 75 years and how, you know, he means more to people than just this cool character that we see in comics and TV and the movies. Um, you know, so he, he spoke to all these people and, and for me personally, it was, um, Batman was somebody that I had a huge attachment to when I was young, um, because he didn't have superpowers and, um, you know, he managed to overcome a lot to become the hero that that he was, and it just was something that always resonated uh, with me. I'm disabled, and I was born with muscular dystrophy, and you know, there was plenty of times in my life where, you know, I was super down. I, I, you know, wanted to give up, and it sounds, you know, cheesy and silly, but you think, you know, well, Batman, Batman doesn't ever give up. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's always keeping, keeping the fight going, you know? Um, but the, the, the whole project wound up being the most amazing story. I mean, people have to go and, and order this DVD and buy it for your friends and everything because (laughs) it seriously, like there are so many stories, like people come up to me and they're like, Oh my God, your story was so inspiring. And I'm like, dude, did you see the other people in this documentary? <laughs> like, everyone is, like, amazing. Like, all these stories, people doing charity work and um, just, you know, people teaching college courses about Batman. And, I mean, the the expanse of it is was just amazing. And it was just a really, really touching um, piece of, of film. Um, so I was really, really happy to be a part of that one. It's re- I mean, looking at it now, it's I... I- my roommate has watched this. I mean, he's a Batman fanatic and I remember him talking about it and I just hadn't remembered the title and he was yeah. like bowled over and, and, and a, kind of in a, quite an emotional state after he watched it. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I can only imagine. I mean, we see, I mean, you and I are both so integrated in, in the, the day by day craziness of, of comics culture and, and, you know, everything that's coming out and everything's looked through, through such a microscope that it's so, I find it so refreshing to watch these like really inspiring and like great stories about how superheroes have affected people. Yeah, <laughs> not no, so I much. Totally as, agree. Not so much, you know, all the the, the downsides and the the bad things that can happen in yeah. the world. So, so that's remember, really awesome. 
Yeah, when he was trying to crowdfund this, crowdfund it, uh, Brett Culp, he, uh, I know some people, you know, were like, oh, this is just going to be another Batman documentary, blah, blah, blah. Why should I give it my money, you know? And at the time, like, I didn't know the full extent of it either, but, you know, it wasn't the kind of thing where he was going to talk to, you know, um, Christopher Nolan or Kevin Smith about, you know, their love of Batman. Like, he was going to just real people across the country. Um, and I think that made it so much more relatable. Yeah, that's really cool. I definitely want to check that out because it hadn't I somehow one of those things, you know, you hear about something and, and you don't hear the title and it just like of all the wash of things you see in a day. Yeah, yeah. But that's really cool um, and really neat that, that that kind of exists. I love seeing that kind of stuff. I, I remember seeing a couple of years ago on TV and this was actually probably closer to like eight or nine years ago. Um, uh, there was like a, a mini it was while the Harry Potter movies were still coming out. Um, mm-hmm. And there was this like mini documentary thing while in the lead up to one of the movies. And uh, it was just like all the sort of different ways that Harry Potter had affected and inspired different people. And you, you I get so teary. Yeah. <laughs> I get so choked up about that stuff. Well, I mean, it's funny, you know, I mean, I, I always I write about this kind of stuff for a living. And there's a lot of times when we're we're writing about it and we're so passionate about it, whether it's, you know, from a controversy standpoint or not. Mm-hmm. And, and people, a lot of people come on and, you know, comment and they don't get it. Like, it's just a story. It's just this, you know? And it's like, well, I feel really bad for those people because they obviously haven't been touched by some sort of, you know, fictional thing the way that we have, because, you know, it, it really can mean more than just, oh, that was fun entertainment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a hard time kind of identifying with people like that who you know haven't don't have those those crazy like deep you know woven into your veins loves for something in pop culture yeah i mean i can't you know there's parts of buffy and harry potter that i can't talk about without getting choked up you know because it's so so woven into your life and or like something that just happened at such a, a particular time in your life where you're just like you know you needed that that's mm-hmm. what helped you get get through it so that's really cool. Um, were there particular Batman stories that were like they were really special? Not, to you, not really, but that's because I I started comics very late in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved superheroes from when I was a child, from you know the Superman films, Batman films, Batman TV show, the Supergirl movie, which a lot of people want to forget, but I will never <laughs> let them forget because I think it's awesome. Um, so that's where like my attachment. Uh, came from when I was younger and it wasn't until I don't know like 2006 2007 when um, I actually started reading the book so it's it's interesting to hear other people's you know experiences with these with these characters and how yeah somebody was handed a comic when they were you know seven years old and boom that was it you know yeah and for some reason nobody ever handed me a comic book when I was young so yeah all I had was Archie Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really funny because that's, that's about the time I started even vague. Like, I didn't even really get into comics until probably closer to 2010. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's kind of, it's nice. It's nice to know that somebody else wasn't in this from uh, birth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that's really cool. Uh, yeah, being these documentaries is, is such a weird and interesting thing. But, you know, She Makes Comics was the first one for me. So hopefully, hopefully there'll be more things like that. I'm sure. I mean, we have so many people that are uh, creative that we know. So yep. <laughs> it's very true. Um, so that's that's really awesome. Um, 
so I mean, at the Mary Sue, I imagine everything uh, keep, keeps you pretty there. But is there anything else or any particular stories or projects that you are working on right now that you're like really psyched about? Um, I'm not currently working on anything else. I get approached every once in a while to write a book. And I kind of just have to laugh because there is absolutely zero time in my life to write a book. (laughs) I was going to say, I feel like that was maybe something that you would do eventually. Yeah, no, I would love, love, love to. And I've certainly got ideas. Um, But yeah, it's just one of those things that, I mean, I think about the time that I have right now and how, um, you know, my comic pile is getting to be like the leaning tower of pizza where, <laughs> you know, any second it's going to go over because I haven't read anything, had time to read anything mm-hmm. in, in months. Um, you know, and I'm like, well, I could do this thing or I could have, you know, a couple hours a day to actually do something that I want to do for myself, you know? Yep. <laughs> it's crazy that when, when comics becomes your job that way, it's so much harder to find yeah. time for comics. Yeah, it really is. And it it stinks in that way, you know, like, I love what I do. And I love being able to um, write about this, this kind of stuff for a living. But yeah, it is it is hard when you take your pure passion for something and turn it into your job. um, How how rough that is, you know, and the same thing for TV, too. Um, I, you know, have to watch certain shows, you know, uh, ASAP so that, you know, I can be knowledgeable when I'm writing about them the next day, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that sometimes makes the shows less enjoyable because then I'm looking at it with a critical eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, that's why I, I sort of try and make time for weird Netflix binges of things so that, you know, it's like, well, I know I'm definitely not going to be writing about this because it's a, you know, older show or whatever. Um, like right now I'm going through the Gilmore Girls. So that's my like, <laughs> My different, you know, non-work enjoyment. I won't let myself start because I have too much to get done and I know <laughs> I'll just get lost in Stars Hollow and never oh come out. It's terrible. <laughs> Yesterday, it was like almost 24 hours. Oh, my God. Which I hadn't watched an episode and I was like feeling the shakes. Like, I think I'm going to have to, I have to just watch one. Like, and then I, it could tide me over until tomorrow. Like, I know I can't watch five of them, but I can watch one. What, what season are you in now? Uh, I'm at the end, towards the end of season four. Oh, I feel like you're really in the, like, the good stuff. Then. Yeah. Or, like, because it starts to go real weird towards the end. I, uh, As far as I can remember. It's funny. My mom was totally into this show when it was actually airing, and I was um, in college when it was on, so I think she found a lot of, you know, uh, things to, to, to find similar between right. their lives and ours. And... Um, I, I never, I just never picked it up, you know, and she always said, oh, it's so good, so good, you know, but that was in a time when, you know, there was no Netflix, there was no DVR, so right. it was just like, oh, okay, well, maybe someday, you know, um, <laughs> but yeah, I told her I was, I was watching it the other day, and she was super excited, so. How well, is it for the pop culture references now? Um, it's actually still holding up pretty okay, well. Good. I yeah. wondered about that because it's so was, rapid fire. Yeah. And there was a few in there that I was actually surprised, like some Lord of the Rings references and stuff where I was like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, <laughs> um, but the other cool thing is seeing the people's names that are involved. Like there's so many women involved in, you know, the off camera 
stuff as producers and writers. And I saw Jana Spenson's name the other day, and I was like, oh, wow. oh my God, I love her. Every time I see her name on anything, I'm just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you do so much. Yeah. <laughs> That's really awesome. I didn't know that about the show, although it, I guess it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I, I want to, but I can't. Uh, can't I can't let myself uh, yeah when I was staying when I was staying in LA um uh, with my boyfriend we were it was like our allowance to watch um one of the appendices from the Lord of the Rings extended editions <laughs> <laughs> they're so good they I've never so seen them good. oh my god like I live for the extended editions of the Lord of the Rings films like just... I have never seen the two towers of Return of the King extended edition oh my god I don't they know how so good and I don't know how anyone watches the other version like these the extended versions are the versions to me you know like you shouldn't watch anything else ever 10 years of my life i've never known what happened to saruman (laughs) he just disappears because i mean i was i i haven't read the books i've read the hobbit but i hadn't read you know the lord of the rings um because I'm unfortunately super... I love to read, but I'm very impatient. And yeah. once I got no, to, like... I am, I am the same. I've read The Hobbit, but not The Lord of the Rings. Once it got to, like, the 40th page describing a tree and a road, yeah. I was like, man, <laughs> I get it. It's real pretty in the woods. <laughs> but, no, I, I had never seen it. And it was so funny because I've seen the extended edition of the first one a couple of times. And somehow, like, maybe I just have the first one and not the second two. Like, I, don't, I have no idea. Mm. But it was like... Oh my god, I get I get to see new Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it was so exciting. Yeah, that the whole Lord of the Rings thing is really interesting cuz that also happened when I was in college and uh one of my friends that I made in college was also a huge nerd and um we were able to geek out over that and I remember um when I think it was the two yeah, it was the two towers uh when the first trailer was coming out um I was in her room and we had to uh, wait for it to load on QuickTime on Apple's website because that's what you did back then. Yes. And then we just like watched it over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually wound up going to, they did like a trilogy day when Return of the King came out. Yep. And it was the extended version of the first two and then the first viewing of Return of the King. Um, and you also got a little keepsake to take home that was um three film cells from the movies cool yeah it was super super cool oh man i i remember yeah i I had friends who went to that um and i didn't go because i I had school or i did i had some obligation where i couldn't go to the three movies in a row um but even yeah even when we watched them in la it was like we got to the end of the the first extended edition and and Jeremy was like, what do you want to do now? And I was like, well, obviously, we're going to watch The Two Towers. And it was so nice to see someone be that attracted to me in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> but um, even after that, I was like, oh, OK, I need I need a break. Yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, what, three and a half, almost four hours it was, long? It was a long haul. I remember yeah. us sneaking, like, McDonald's into the theater. Nice. And at that point, like, they didn't care because they were like, we know, whatever. Um, yeah. The best, the best part of that experience, though, was... Uh, when the guy came out to like introduce everything, he was like, okay, now silence your cell phones. And like almost all at the same time, we all just shouted, no, turn them off. Like no, <laughs> no one wanted any disruptions whatsoever during this entire thing. It was that's great. Awesome. I was like, oh, my people. <laughs> yeah, that's so dreamy. 
<laughs> I can't. Oh, that's so great. I, nothing drives me crazy like people with the cell phones in movie theaters. Get it. People who text. What's wrong with you? I don't get it. Yeah, I have a friend who, who just will will text and and I will give her dirty looks because I just don't, I don't get it, you know? Like yeah. anything, like you want to be in that experience. Like if I'm going to pay to see a movie in a theater, mm-hmm. like if you're at home, whatever, but like, you know, it's supposed to be an experience. So like, why are you I- even interrupting yourself yeah. to detract from that, you know? And it's like 16 so bucks to go to a movie. Too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> why would you, why would you ignore it? Like, unless you got in for free right. or you just, I don't understand it. I don't. <laughs> it's so yeah. nothing drives me crazy like that. Um, so I have we had uh, a couple of questions uh, on on our little Patreon. We kind of let people um, have first dibs at asking questions for guests, okay. and there's just a couple. If 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 you're cool uh, yeah, with that, sure. um, this one I don't even know if if how you would respond to it, but uh, somebody named Zane, which is great, uh, said question for Jill. I'm going to do this really uh, officially. <laughs> if you could describe the Mary Sue in a sentence, what would it be? In a sentence? I know. That seems Oof. like a lot to ask. Yeah. Like, even our About Us page is like three paragraphs, I yeah. think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think see. I could describe the Mary Sue in a sentence. Yeah, that is tough. I mean, it might be a little run-on. Let's see. Um, <laughs> the Mary Sue is a geeky pop culture destination looking to expand the horizons of geeks and non-geeks alike Mm -hmm. on our favorite things and social issues that was that was pretty good I start. I sort of like faltered in the middle there. I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna be ready, be able to finish. <laughs> no, I think you got it. I think that's. I could not repeat it if I tried, but um, <laughs> yeah. But very. We'll have to transcribe that bit. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to go back through. Um, uh, there's one other question from Amelia. Um, not everyone has a last name on the on the Patreon. It's, it's a it's a fun it's a fun thing. Um, but she says to Jill Pantosi, she's very formal. Ooh. Um, what has been your favorite recent article or interview with Mary Sue? Hmm. I know playing favorites is probably hard. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. If I had to say favorite interview, it would be not one that I did. I haven't done an interview in a while, but um, Sam Maggs interviewed the uh, Batgirl creative team um, sort of recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought she had a real fun fun interview with them. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as my post, I, I really enjoyed writing about, um, JK Rowling's, um, she said that she regretted killing one of the Harry Potter characters. Um, and it turned out to be like a theoretical throwaway character, you know, not mm-hmm. one of the ones that really meant something to fans. Um, she likes her clickbait. I gotta tell you. She- does you know <laughs> love her but yeah mm-hmm. uh she yeah so she she said and it it was just it made me laugh because like i you know obviously went in expecting something huge and it wasn't um so it was a half you know half-heartedly um mean post that i wrote you know how how dare she and <laughs> such and such you know and i like yeah. being able to do that you know because sometimes we have to write very serious things sometimes yes. it's very silly things but sometimes it's a mix of both you know um so mm-hmm. that was really really fun and 
I really now want to reread all the Harry Potter books, which again, I don't have time for. <laughs> oh, I don't either. And I, I feel exactly the same way. I'm, uh, yeah, we, we, we spent a lot of time rewatching movies we had already seen when I was in LA. It's a great use to, it, actually, no, I don't regret a thing. It was wonderful. Um, we, <laughs> <laughs> like, the first night I got there, I'm like, so what are we watching first? Is it Fellowship of the Ring or Prisoner of Azkaban? And uh, Fellowship, I think, came first, and then Prisoner of Azkaban was a couple nights later. But um, yeah, rewatching that and then rewatching the first one. And I hadn't seen the first Harry Potter movie in a really long time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's. There's so many things that I'm like, I haven't I haven't read those books in years. And I'm, again, like you, I have these piles and piles and piles of comics that I need to get through. So it feels so guilty to pick up anything yeah. else. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty interesting question because it's different, I think, for everybody. So I'm sure you pick up a ton of stuff all the time. But what are your comics that, when they come out, like, even though you're crazy busy, you... You will always read them, or it's like the the thing that you will go to, even th- though you have a stack of like twenty things. Oh man, uh, well, Saga is definitely on there, mm-hmm. um, which is funny because Saga is the kind of thing that I would normally want to pick up and trade. Yeah, but it's so good that I can't even wait for trade. Like it's just like, no, I need my I need my fix of Saga right now. And I don't understand uh, the people who have the self control to wait six months yeah, for Saga. No, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it, it's a little different if you're not online all the time and right. seeing different stories and this and that, you know. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely that, um, now that it's over, but lock and key mm-hmm. was definitely one of those for me. Um, well, yeah. Plus you'd have to wait like two months between issues. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then what else? The unwritten from vertigo. I still um, have not made it through that. Oh, I love that one so much because like it's, it's basically, Harry Potter for adults and like you know that's the sort of clicky thing to say but um it it really is it's telling the story of you know this guy who um his father wrote you know the Harry Potter like books and he theoretically is the main character in the books turns out he really is this character who has magic and all this other stuff and it's just it's great to see that sort of story play out but in an entirely different way you know that's really yeah. I I I mean, it's not just you. Like I, that's the general elevator pitch for unwritten. Yeah. And uh, I'd heard that before, and always like I I pick it up every once in a while because I love those covers. Yeah. So yeah. much. <laughs> um. But yeah. The other issue with that one is that <laughs> I mean I I've read a lot, but that book has a huge. Um, thing about referencing other literary works and sometimes I have no clue what (laughs) book they're referencing and I feel kind of stupid but that's you know that's how it goes this is this is my problem with a lot of comics that I I hate like it took me so long to get through Sandman (laughs) because I was just like I don't I don't know what this is talking about. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's like, like 14th century folklore reference. Like, <laughs> Neil, I, I don't get it. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, it's you know, you power through. But uh, is uh, any anything else coming uh, other than... As far as, like, superhero stuff, um, definitely uh, Batman and Detective Comics. Uh, like, Scott Snyder has just been so so good on on that and it, it, like his stuff is always you know he he plays out a long game and I love that you know mm-hmm. um he totally like some books you read and you're like they don't really know where they're going with this they're just sort of going issue to issue you know um but he always has this like grand scheme and I love it um 
but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Everything else just sort I try to do things, uh, in the order they came out, obviously. And then mm-hmm. I usually to not pick favorites go in alphabetical order. Yeah, that's probably smart. I generally tend to, I make two piles, um, one of like the mature comics on my image and and the occasional superhero comics, and then like Adventure Time and Bob's Burgers and Steven Universe (laughs) (laughs) in this other pile. And I go like shot for shot. Um, So I'll read Witches and then like, yeah, Steven Universe and then go back to, you know, (laughs) Wicked and the Divine and then read (laughs) Adventure Time. It's great. Um, Really, really keeps you on your toes. (laughs) Um. So, I mean, it's it's holiday time this time of year. Are you a person who, who gives? Are you a comic gifter? I, I am, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much to family members who I know aren't, you know, really into that. Yeah. Um, but my nieces, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I give them stuff that is, you know, age appropriate. Um, this year, uh, my niece just turned 13. Um, we share a birthday. Um, Mm. and so I, as well as getting her an adventure time, uh, trade and a my little pony trade, um, getting her Anya's ghost. Um, so (laughs) I'm very excited to, to see what her, her reaction to that is. Um, so good. Yeah, it's I. We just recorded the the first part of the episode where I gave a bunch of like, hey, if you have an all ages person in your life, here's what you should buy them. And Anya's ghost, (laughs) obviously, is in there. Perfect. It's so good. Um, I bought my mom mouse guard in the past, which I also suggest as an all ages one. Yeah, um, mouse guard's great. Which is really really great. Um, and one that is uh. A, a serious but really really great um story it's been out a few years now and um it's from archaea it's an elegy for amelia johnson um by andrew roston mm-hmm. and it is uh about a woman who has terminal cancer and she basically enlists two of her friends to go across the country um giving her last messages to her friends who she's not you know going to be able to see before she passes and it's just a really, really well done um, book and, you know, a, a tearjerker for sure, um, but just really, really heartfelt. And, and I would definitely recommend that one, too. That's awesome. Yeah, I always like to to ask people because everybody's got different like go to gift books. I mean, I keep giving sex criminals to people, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe not good for everyone. But not good for everyone. No, I'm I'm real. <laughs> I went to well, when I went to the Miami Book Fair, I met a couple of different um like all ages comics uh creators and that was really cool cuz I mostly just go from, you know, our our collection at, at my comic shop, but uh yeah, there's there's it's really it feels like the market for all ages comics is growing a lot and mm-hmm. and that that makes me really happy because hopefully it continues to do so not just graphic novels but with like single issue comics which seems the single issue comics for kids thing is like almost a a lost thing that i feel like is sort of clawing its way back yeah yeah so that's exciting but um i'm excited too because my my niece whether it was through i you know i don't want to take credit giving her comics or whatever but she um she has a a real passion for drawing now and uh Every once in a while, she'll text me, you know, a photo of something she's she's drawn, and 
um, she's really, really good. So I'm hoping that maybe she, you know, takes some of that into a, a career path. But it was funny because she sent me a photo that she drew of uh, Wonder Woman the other day. And I looked at it, I was like, oh, that's really good. And then I casually was like, you know what that costume needs? Some, <laughs> some straps. <laughs> you can't help it. You can't help I it. Can't. It doesn't turn off. I don't know. <laughs> God, I had, yeah, I had a girl who come, came up to me at New York Comic Con and she was like, she was a younger girl who was drawing a bunch of superhero stuff, and she was she was pretty good, but she was like twelve or something, and mm-hmm. and all her superheroines had the most enormous and like ridiculous boobs <laughs> I've ever seen, and I was just like I, I don't I don't she's showing it to me, and she's just like what do you think? I'm like I wh- what <laughs> what well, okay I don't know what to tell you here. <laughs> Like maybe maybe she should wear I don't have some more support in that <laughs> shirt. Um, <laughs> it was really weird. It was a really weird experience. But so at least she was drawing. So yeah, that was yeah. cool. Um, so I mean, briefly, I'm going to ask you um, before we sort of head towards the end of the show. So I I'm not and you you brought it up before, but I'm not really watching any of like Gotham or the Flash. Oh yeah. So are you you're are you doing recaps for the Flash? I'm not doing recaps for them. We we cut down some on recaps because they okay. are so time intensive, yeah. um, and ha- you know they're just not worth it for as many people that are you know reading them. Right. Um, so we'll do like open threads where we give a little gist of what happened in the episode, and then let right. everyone sort of comment. And then if we have time during the day, we'll pop in and comment and you know give our opinions on them. Right. Um, but it's exciting to me that there are so many comic book shows out there now. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I, the one that I'm hearing the best things about is the Flash. Yeah, I um, would definitely agree with that one. I'm gonna. Ch- well, I mean, yeah. I hadn't heard anything about it, and then there was, I mean, an episode where the dude wore a cat bug shirt. <laughs> yes, so. yes, that was amazing. That I was like really screamed cool. when it came on screen. <laughs> um, that was really cool. Yeah, they have a really good sense of humor about them, and the show as a whole, especially when you compare it to something like Arrow, which once in a while will be jokey and whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the hero that enjoys being a hero and, you know, gets a thrill out of being a hero. Um, and so compared to all these, you know, dark adaptations that we're getting these days, it's nice to see just a joyful superhero story. Um, and and that's, I think, is what's making it stand out, you know, among the crowd. Um, and the cast is, is really, really good, too. I got to speak to them at San Diego Comic-Con this past summer, and oh, cool. they're all just, like, super passionate about it and, and just love what they're doing. Um, and, and also, like, are all about diversity, too, which is, like, great. It was something that came up during the interviews, and, and they totally, you know, made a conscious effort for that. So that was really cool. Oh, that's really awesome. Yeah, Jason out here in the studio is, like, fist pumping about the flash he loves the flash <laughs> i really gotta check it out because I, I mean i've seen so many things for god because it's it's arrow it's constantine it's gotham is there any is this, are those the big ones gosh that's all the big ones yeah yeah and nothing is like really stuck out to me is have you been what i mean I, you've been watching gotham uh i watched all of gotham i watched all of constantine um i'm I'm definitely not into Gotham, but I also yeah. can't stop watching it, which okay. is kind of weird. Um, <laughs> and maybe just to see how other weird things they could do. Um, it's it's just like the concept as a whole was so weird to me, especially when you had something like 
Gotham Central as a as a as a book mm-hmm. that would have been so great to see on screen. Yeah. Um, oh man. Just, yeah. Yeah. And all the the throwing all the villains in, and it just it's very weird to me. So I I watch it to see what happens basically now, um, and I'm hoping that they sort of for the second half maybe have taken a few criticisms to heart, you know. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and Constantine. I like better. I enjoy it, but it's. I feel they could do so much more with that one. Like they're keeping it very like villain of the week, blah 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 kind of thing. Um, and every once in a while, you'll have really neat um, Easter eggs, you know, from the comics, which is great. Um, and Matt Ryan is just like a perfect Constantine to me. Um, he's just he's doing a, a great job at it. But yeah, I think they can definitely do more with that one. Cool. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that they've just all kind of. Once I hadn't watched Arrow, I sort of <laughs> just let them all <laughs> pass me by. But you know, I've got to I got to give them a try. I want to feel I want to feel like I'm at least covering all of my comic uh, bases in some way or another. And I, I, since I'm barely reading superhero comics right now, um, it would be nice to be nice to have something. Yeah. But yeah, here. Oh, I forgot about Walking Dead. Walking Dead's still on, but I'm not watching that one anymore. Yeah, I stopped watching that one a while ago. <laughs> it's, it's so hopeless. <laughs> I can't. Uh, it's the thing I say all the time where it was like I stopped reading the books because when I was reading them, I was also reading Why the Last Man. Oh. And I only had the mental space for one post-apocalyptic story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Why the Last Man at least felt like there was hope. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, it really, I mean, it's obviously a wonderful book and it totally paid off, um, especially as I got further into the series. But, yeah, I can't. I can't. uh can't jam with the walking dead i wish i i wish i could i wish i could be part of that yeah um so jill is there what uh do you know at all what conventions you're going to be at next year oh god i have zero idea at this point which is right. terrible because i wish i had some like setup i was thinking of trying to hit emerald city mm-hmm. um because you i didn't i know i love 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 that show it's the greatest um, and i didn't get to go last year um because of other scheduling things so mm-hmm. that's a maybe c2e2 is a maybe comic-con is probably maybe um <laughs> i feel bad I, for putting you on the spot here <laughs> i was i was like overworked at san diego last year so mm-hmm. like even thinking about it makes me want to curl up into a ball um but i wish i, I wish i could go to more conventions as a fan like yes. if it's i'm a lot going more fun yeah i'm sort of expected to be working and that so if I can find one to go to just as a fan this year, I, I definitely will. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm really into that. It's that and like going to more European shows because I've been totally spoiled. And now that I know how mm. amazing they are, it's like all I want to do. <laughs> um, that I would love to do. That I would amazing. love to do. So good. Dice was so good. I'm going to go to Thought Bubble you know, this year, I'm pretty if, sure. If if they invited me, I would go. But mm-hmm. uh, that's it is pretty far. trip to make, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Thought Bubble takes some saving up. I couldn't make it work this year, but I'm I'm hoping to do it next year. It was just one of those, like, I kept waiting and I kept waiting and I kept waiting. And then I was like, plane tickets are $1,000. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um. But no, I'm going to try and try and make it work this year because everyone says it's just the best. So that would be really cool. And I can't, yeah, New York Comic Con kind of destroyed me this year. And I mean, you saw me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I no. Talk. Yeah. I know. It was, it was, 
insane at New York Comic Con this year. It's always and so that funny show when you... is getting so much bigger. It's disgusting. Yes. Oh, it's terrifying. And yet Emerald City was like almost as big, and yet it somehow felt so much more manageable. Yeah. I just wish that the, there was more space to be had at the Javits. Like, they're so confined yeah. um, in that building. It's just unfortunate. And also unfortunate is there was, like, nothing else in the New York area that could fit, you know, that yeah. kind of show. Oh, so. nothing. Unless you did it in the water. Like, <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> nowhere to go. Do. We yep. just get a bunch of, like, rafts and Islands. then, like, little things to connect them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do it like they did the, the World's Fair in Montreal, where they just built islands out of the tunnels because totally they had nowhere to put that. it. <laughs> you can go all the way out to the Statue of Liberty in Ellis yes. Island. Like, be awesome. Perfect. Get the We've cast of X Men out there. There's <laughs> a total PR opportunity. Yeah. Come on. Hugh Jackman up there. It'd be great. Um, uh, One day it'll happen. Don't we're joking about it now? It'll yeah. Happen. Well, they're gonna Comic Con's gonna need its own island eventually. Yeah. You know it's coming. <laughs> its own country. <laughs> God, that'd be awful. <laughs> maybe at least there would be bathrooms you could get to. Maybe, yeah. Maybe maybe it'll be a little like Jurassic Park. You know, you mm. get in there and then all of a sudden, all <laughs> breaks loose. <laughs> oh God. Oh, that'd be awful. Oh. Well, all right. Well, I already, I normally I end it with comic recommendations, but we kind of already went through that bit. Um, so, Jill, uh, if people want to find you online, it's themarysue.com, yes? Yes, themarysue.com. And, and I'm on Twitter, Jill Pantozzi, J-I-L-L-P-A-N-T-O-Z-Z-I. Perfect. And anywhere else online that we that we would uh, want to stop I'm you? on Instagram and Facebook and all that, but mm-hmm. if you, you can get to everything from my Twitter. That's the easiest. It's the, it's the port. Yeah. <laughs> I have my old blog, thenerdybird.com, uh, too, but it hasn't been updated in over a year, and it's super depressing because some of my Google images got uh, deleted, so there's just, like, little blank things in some of the spots now. It's very sad. It's so sad when the internet dies. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to me, Jill, and I'm really, me. I'm really excited to see what the Mary Sue is going to change and, and become uh, this year and, and hopefully you continue on your well-established path to, to world domination and oh, destroying you. the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> As I hope for all people, destroy the patriarchy this Christmas. Um, uh, thank you so much, Jill. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I know that you want to the pages inside my heart. Well, that's our show. I'm off to um, well, Christmas. Uh, not doing too much traveling until I run back to the West Coast to escape the winter uh, in early January, but no cons clear through until March, and ain't that a blessing. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I hope that you all have wonderful holidays or, or non-holidays or, you know, hibernation or whatever it is that you do. I hope it's great. <laughs> in the meantime, uh, while you wait for the next episode, if you wouldn't mind, you could rate and review us on iTunes. That would be a lovely present. Um, you can do it on Stitcher too. Uh, and if you like the show and uh, you want to keep us from, you know, getting lumps of coal for Christmas, you can go to our Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash less than live where you can contribute to a monthly donation. There are all kinds of really cool incentives like me sending you voice messages or video messages. I talked about it a bit before, but I thought I'd remind you because who knows? Maybe you fell asleep. Anyway, if you need to find us in the meantime, you can do so on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at LTLCast, and you can get the show notes after each episode airs at uh, lessthanlivecast.tumblr.com, where we have a much more accessible list of all of the titles that I ramble through very quickly. 
enjoy the new year. We'll be back. We'll be doing more. Things will be changing and getting better and more interesting all of the time, I like to believe. Um, happy holidays, everybody. I'll miss you. Hey, Amnesia Forgetful Face. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production. I feel like I just got asked to prom by, like, Jesus. (laughs) I don't know if I would want to go with Jesus. He wears sandals.